Hey everyone, this is Craig Horlbeck from the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. Join me, Danny Heifetz, and Danny Kelly every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to help you win your draft, win your league, and most importantly, avoid that last place punishment. Follow the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Because you are a fighter, and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodello.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome to Extra Point Take and Shield Divided here. Joined by Ben Solak. It's the Friday show where we talk about what we're watching this weekend, make some picks that are going to go wrong at some point. We're too bad in week one there. Uh, so like we did pretty well in week one, we'll make some predictions and uh, go from there. Now, so like I just saw you like eight hours ago. Uh, now I'm seeing you again. What have you done in the meantime since we recorded the Ringers Philly special Thursday night postgame pod? I went to bed, uh, woke up, I made some coffee. Uh, filled the bird feeder, tried to log on for this pod, had technical difficulties, <laughs> rap, did, 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 just did some more note-taking, did some more researching, found a cool nugget or two. So there we go. <laughs> we love those. Uh, and now I'm back, and I'm on my second cup of coffee. I will say, pod rescheduling affecting my coffee drinking schedule is not as that's bad. I, I got to plan the coffee around the around the pod and when the pod that's moves right. now we're in jeopardy yeah Th- that's right you have to be max caffeination for the uh podcast so you look fresh you look like you got some rest you're doing well all right week two here's how we started for those of you who didn't listen to the first edition of the friday show last week we're going to go over things to watch and then we'll have our competition with some of the bets that we're making via this podcast. So let's start out with the headliners. So like, what are you watching? What do you have your eyes on this week as we head into week two in the NFL? Yeah, so the most interesting game to me uh, uh, this week is Seahawks-Lions. Uh, uh, really? Yeah. Shock? I'm shocked. Why? When? I, feel like, I, thought they I, were I, gonna, I thought you were definitely going Patriots-Dolphins with what you're watching. Okay, well, so, you know, a little behind the curtain here, a little peek. <laughs> Yesterday, Shiel asks me, he goes, hey, so like real quick, just before we log off, are you doing Dolphins Patriots for your headliner? And I was like, Shiel, all we ever do is go into these podcasts blind. That is the that is the cardinal rule. I asked before week one, new show, second show of the week. I was like, should we go in blind for this one or should we compare notes? And Shiel was like, we never compare. We always go in blind. And then one week later was asking me to take a peek at my homework. Listen, um, it was 1 a.m. and I'm an old man. I can't be held responsible. All right, go ahead. Lions, Seahawks. I'm, I'm, I am absolutely very interested in, uh, uh, um, what is it called? Dolphins, Patriots. Um, but Lions, uh, uh, Lions, Seahawks is very interesting to me because you had the Lions coming off such a, a, a big emotional win, such a, a, a huge performance against the Chiefs on the road, Super Bowl champion, prime time. We win it. We're a legitimate team. And then you have the Seattle Seahawks who... Uh, okay, you know, Ben and Sheila are picking us to win the division. We're feeling ourselves a little bit. 
coming off a nice surprise season last year, and then just absolutely face plant against the uh, against the Rams. Uh, and then you go and you look and like uh, the Seahawks were better in terms of offensive EPA per drive than the Lions were, right? Like these are these are two teams where I feel like mm. uh, the Seahawks were 13th and the Lions were 15th. The, the Lions performance, you got to remember all the way back to Thursday. It's been a while now. Uh, but the Lions performance against the Chiefs, I thought was was far from comprehensive, right? Was was far from emphatic. And then the Seahawks performance against the Rams on watching it back. I mean, Matthew Stafford was just absolutely in his bag, especially on third down. Like They just lost to a very good quarterback, and it spiraled because of their injuries. But now here we are. Uh, the, the Seahawks are 0-1, and I think they're, that they're a little bit better than that, that score bug indicated. And the Lions are 1-0, and I think they're probably still a little bit worse than that score bug indicated. But you and I know the reality of things. 0-2 uh, is a death knell in the NFL. The, uh, a yearly reminder as we approach Week 2, 10% of teams, one out of every 10 teams that starts 0-2, makes the playoffs. That's from StatHead data over the course of decades, right? If you start 0-2, your season's not over, but you're in such a hole that it really takes quite a bit to dig your way out. Now, so hold on. Said- there's there's one caveat here that, you know, I have the nerd card, so I need to play it here. You have the hipster card. Uh, yes. The nerds remind everybody, and they'll do it after this weekend, this year, that it's not really starting out 0-2. It's kind of like if you lose back-to-back games at any point in the season, your odds of making the playoffs go down significantly. So that's what the nerds right. will tell you. I just needed to get that in there as the caveat because we got a lot of nerds who listen to this show. You know, it's not just all hipsters. Other, other nerd shout out that I had in my bag and I was worried you were preempting me okay. is that obviously a lot of that 0-2 data came in a 16 playoff structure. We're now in a 17 per, right. uh, per conference playoff structure. So there also is an easier window. But in general, I think that if you ask the average fan, like, hey, you started out 0-2, can you still make the playoffs? Most fans be like, heck yeah. And it's kind of like, dude, it's tough. It's an uphill climb. Yeah. Uh, Seahawks injury updates, uh, tackle Charles Cross, their, their star left tackle, young left tackle, was not placed on injured reserve. He ha- is, however, not practicing with a toe injury. They have signed Jason Peters in free agency, which it's not good when you're signing Jason Peters in free agency. That is a bad place to be. Jason Peters, great player. Honestly, I was like, positive he'd retired. I didn't even know he was still doing the thing. I don't know why he's still doing the thing. But because he's Team CTC like I am. Cash them Cash checks. Them if checks, someone's going to go pay you to play a little football, uh, go play a little football. You can't be doing this in 10 years. Jason Maximize Peters, it. Man, people will pay you to uh, 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 endorse their, their products and hop on podcasts. There's other ways to We'll pay you checks. to podcast on Extra Point yep. Taken, 100%. Will, I'm saying yeah. that without getting any approval. Uh, right tackle Abe Lucas, he actually was placed on injured reserves. He's out for four games. Uh, so they expect to not have starting tackles in this game. Uh, boy, Mafi did not participate on Thursday practice. He's one of their, their edge rushers as well. So they're banged up. They're hoping to get Dev- uh, Devon Witherspoon back in this game, though. Uh, and they, they desperately need that, right? I think Tariq Wollin struggled a little bit in week one. They gave up over 100 receiving yards each to Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua, which, man, you can't be giving up 100 receiving yards each to Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua. That's not how it goes. Uh, and so it's, it's a huge game for the Seahawks. Uh, uh, and, and, and it's a bit of a heat check game for the Lions playing a team that, that was a postseason team again last season, uh, playing a team that I, I still expect to be a solid team this year. The Lions can beat the Chiefs on the road and then beat the Seahawks at home, even if it doesn't look perfect. We'll kind of, I think we talked about this with the Eagles and Philly special last night, where it's like, hey, like every team has stuff to clean up after two weeks. But if you escape 2-0 and and you're winning against some, some good opponents, like you can't ask for much more. Uh, and so to me, this is a really, really important, interesting game. I'm not yet entirely sure how to calibrate to the Lions. I'm not yet entirely sure how to calibrate to the Seahawks. This game's going to help me out. Yeah, it, it is going to be a good one. It's one in my picks column on the ringer. I probably had, a, I had a, just had a really hard time because 
uh, I'm looking at, I'm going, we talked about it on, I think the, the Monday show that how many quarterbacks without their starting offensive tackles are going to be able to operate at a high level. Not many. I don't think Geno Smith is one of those unless those backups come in and play really well. Now he still has the wide receivers. Your point's a good one. I'm, I'm glad because we forget that Thursday night game feels like it was about seven years ago. And I'm just looking at it here, like the success rate of the Lions offense in that game against the Chiefs and the Seahawks in that game uh, that they lost to the Rams is almost identical offensively. So if you're just looking at it on a, on a snap to snap basis, like you mentioned, EPA per drive offensively, they had very similar performances in week one. So now we're spinning it forward. I thought both these offenses were going to be really good coming into the season. The Lions, I'm pretty much still there. The Seahawks, I'm more worried because they do have uh, those injuries. So yeah, five and a half. Uh, it's four and a half now. I think it opened at five and a half. Was a little mm-hmm. too big for me. I'm with you. Uh, so I actually took the Seahawks plus four and a half in this game. I don't feel like amazing about it, but uh, I think you're right. We'll we'll learn a little bit more about both these teams as we say, hey, yeah. is there a sleeper in the NFC? Historically, teams that come off of double-digit losses in week one, that's the Seahawks, the Bears, and the Giants, I want to say, are, 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 I think there's one more team that I'm not remembering, Bengals. but I know those. Bengals, thank you. Yeah, Those teams historically perform quite well against the spread in week two because there's just a natural big public overreaction. I agree that five and a half line was too big. I bought the five and a half line early in the week. Four and a half, I think, is is, is more appropriate, especially Lions home opener. But uh, like a Seahawks win would not surprise me. This is still a good, a, a good football team that's just got to kind of steady the ship a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. That'll be... Uh, the, it feels like the Seahawks... I'm probably overreacting, but it feels like the Seahawks have a lot on the line already in week two. To your point... Some teams can come back from 0-2. I, you know, I don't know that they're going to be a team that you feel great about coming back from 0-2. All right. Should I take the low-hanging fruit or should I zag here? Because I did think you were going to talk Dolphins-Patriots. So I was like, ah, you know, I'll have another one in my uh, pocket here. So I don't know. You want to give me Which one's the low-hanging fruit? The Dolphins. I think, Dolph- think Dolphins. I'll go Dolphins. Let's do Dolphins-Patriots. I think this okay. is a great game. This is a fun game. A game. You did a little get, what, what, give the little play sheet uh, plug yeah, here did, for our did. listeners. Did the play sheet on Tua's performance in week one. Best game I've seen Tua play. I think Tua, I, I'm a Tua fan now. This is, um, I, I would like to see a good performance against the Patriots before I get fully over my skis, but holy smokes, man. Filming against the Chargers was great. And people can watch that video how? I mean, I was, you, come on, uh, you really got to sell it here. Self-promote so a little bit. It's on the Ringer. Well, I don't worry about it, Shield, because it's on the <laughs> Ringer YouTube, obviously. But starting this upcoming week, week two, uh, the play sheet will go directly to your Spotify feeds uh, on the app. And so if you're a oh, if you're a yeah. listener on if you're a listener on like Apple Podcasts or some other inferior podcast listening app, thank you Spotify, my employer. Uh, <laughs> then you should go to uh, uh, the YouTube and you should watch it there. But if you listen on Spotify, then the show will come directly to your feed and it'll be a video pod in your Spotify app. So on this feed, feed. You, yeah, exactly. So yeah, if you're driving, awesome. you can only listen. Don't watch. That's yeah. bad. Uh, so hold on to it, wait for it, but then you can watch it on YouTube or on the Spotify app. When you're, when you're doing, you know, you're in bed, you're doing a little doom scrolling. You're like, I shouldn't be doing this. I feel guilty. What am I doing? Just read a book, go to bed. You know what? Just go, just go watch the play sheet. That'll make Shield, you feel do good. You, do ben is a positive, scroll? energetic I, guy. I'm, no, I'm talking to our audience. Doom scrolling. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, talking yeah, to I, our yeah. audience. I don't do that. I'm a, I'm a grown up. You know, I've, 
I've thrown all those habits out the trash. Not all of them. Some of them. All That's right. it. I'm a grown up is a very interesting, <laughs> uh, you know, because you know my behaviors, and you know my tendencies. A very, very interesting way of framing that there. Uh, so Ben talked about the Dolphins offense. Everybody loved the Dolphins offense and rightfully so. How could you not love what you saw from the Dolphins offense in week one? Tua played great. Mike McDaniel uh, was amazing. Tyreek Hill looked like the, the best pass-catching weapon in the NFL. Everything worked. They went up and down the field, explosive plays, plays of 10-plus yards. Uh, You saw it all. Now, what are you going to do for an encore against a defense that looked really good? I thought in week one, the Patriots played well uh, against the Eagles. Some of their rookies... I'm not letting the hipsters take Keon White, I decided, by the way, so like because I thought he was phenomenal in this game and i know the hipsters are going to try to claim him as this like under the radar guy who no you didn't discover him he's mainstream now keon white what? he's so mad you the hipsters are just this little like shadowy slender man straw man you just get to put yourself against this like no actually i figured out keon white was good all of us are just like wow good film that's nice nobody's so nefarious the way you build this out i love it i struck a nerve all right uh keon white patriots rookie second round pick uh really good in week one against the eagles offensive tackles i thought christian gonzalez the corner first round pick he looked the part in that game so now we get this like we're going to get one of two things. Either we're going to be saying after this game, holy cow, take the Dolphins seriously. They're doing it. Mike McDaniel did have a plan B. Tua looks amazing. Look at what they just did to the Patriots. Or it's going to be a Bill Belichick love fest on Sunday night where, whoa, 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 slow down all that Dolphins love. Look at this game plan Belichick came up with to slow down the Dolphins and now put some respect on his name. They're one and one with a hard fought loss and they beat the Dolphins in week two. So I I think the narratives are going to be fun coming out of this game. Now, a few things to keep in mind. Teron Armstead was a limited practice participant uh, on Thursday, I believe. So we'll see if the Dolphins left tackle, if he comes back in this game or not. Uh, I was looking, Ben, last year at Tua's performance against the Patriots. Now it was week one, but he went 23 for 33, 270 yards, and a touchdown was sacked three times. Then I was looking at, all right, let's look at this Mike McDaniel-Belichick matchup. You know, they've obviously played two times Mm -hmm. last year. Tua had the fourth best success rate of any quarterback against the Patriots last season. And guess who was fifth? Teddy Bridgewater in that week yeah. 17 game it, before it he got only, injured. It was the only good Teddy game of the whole season with the Dolphins. Yeah. It was unreal. Yeah, very strange. So, uh, you know, McDaniel did fine. Like, McDaniel was not shook by Belichick and going up against this very good Patriots defense uh, last year. So uh, we'll see what happens. I'm kind of leaning Dolphins here. I sort of think they're going to keep it rolling. Uh, I watched that Vikings-Eagles Thursday night game and go, okay, maybe I shouldn't have been as encouraged by the Patriots defense because look at what the Vikings just did to the Eagles passing offense. Now, up front, the Patriots rush defense, they're big boys. They absolutely did better against the Eagles offensive line than the Vikings did. So that's going to be something to uh, obviously watch. Can they pressure Tua? Can they just absolutely dominate the run? But man, I it's hard to watch that Dolphins offense from week one and think like any defense is just going to completely shut them down here, even though we have some evidence of that from uh, you know the, the second half of last season. Where are you with this game? Yeah, I, I do think that, like, I'm, I'm, I would need to be like ninety percent positive that this offense is good enough to be any coordinator, including Bill Belichick, to say it. And right now I'm like eighty-seven. I'm so close to being like 
I don't care about Belichick. There's nothing you can do about this. Dolphins minus three, <laughs> Dolphins minus 90. Like, here we go, baby. We're living. I'm really close to that. I can't. It's week two. If we were like a few more weeks in, I'd, I'd feel I'd feel OK with it. The thing is, like, um, uh, historically, uh, Belichick's been good at like, OK, take away what your offense does best. And like, he's really been good at like doubling wide receiver ones. And OK, we'll eliminate Tyreek Hill. But this offense has shown that it's perfectly capable of just running through Jalen Waddle. Like Waddle is such an important player in this game, even if he doesn't end up producing super high, because just his existence precludes Belichick from deploying like the familiar wide receiver one, you know, one double 85 game plans that we're, we're used to him seeing. Uh, Belichick, uh, historically, okay, really good at, at, at stopping these play action based offenses. They, they don't need play action to work, right? You, to his numbers yeah. and as a non-play action passer, even last season, were among the league's best. Like it's the, it's the threat of play action, the idea of play action. If you're going to be man heavy, they're going to beat you with motion. They tried to be a zone team in the second game last season. And they shouldn't have the horses for it. Like, you, if you're going to put Jawan Bentley on the field, you can't really be a zone team and, and, and defend the middle of the field that reliably. If you do, it's like on the heroic back of Kyle Duggar and, and Adrian Phillips. You can even argue like the Marte Mapu pick is a big part of, of, of like the philosophy of like, all right, we have to beat this team. They're in our division. There's just so much. They put so much on you and you can be perfect, too. And then Tua will just be perfect and Tyreek will be perfect and it won't matter. Uh, and so I, I think the Dolphins offense is powerful enough to run away with this game. I'm just like one or two confidence points below being able to like fully say it with my chest. So it's a very interesting game. I do think it's going to be Dolphins by a lot of points. Patriots trying to throw the way back into it and they can't. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to wait and see on it. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you there. I'm not saying it with full confidence. There's, there's no outcome that would surprise me. But I do like the, uh, the Dolphins minus three in that game on the road in New England. All right. Monday morning storyline is the next category. Ben, what do you have? What are we going to be talking about? What's mm-hmm. the big narrative? What are the talking head shows leading with uh, Monday morning? What do you got? Yeah. So my week one headline was $275 million man. I said, Burrow is going to dominate these, these, these <laughs> Browns, going to throw the ball over the yard, and he's going to make he's making more money than Deshaun, and it's going to be a huge win for the Bengals. My week two headline, $275 million <laughs> man? We just, just run run the same copy back, put a question mark on the on, on the end of that, get the inflection going up. Um, I was not a good Burrow performance in week one. Uh, the weather was a big part of that. Burrow's first four drives, he's not wearing a glove. After the fifth drive, he's got a glove on the throwing hand. There's rain. He's had a couple uh, throws slip out of his hands. He's got smaller hands. This is always a concern. Um, uh, the the Browns pass rush dominant entering the, uh, the the game. Right, they just won for four quarters. I think that like uh, when you when you're game planning that game, you're like, all right, the Browns pass rush might be good, but like they won't like, you know, we, we can't like act like they're going to like end our entire game plan. And then pretty quickly they, they started to do so. But the thing that stood out to me was that uh, Burrow, I do not believe is is back from that calf injury. Um, he did not scramble once in this game. No scrambles past the line of scrimmage. Uh, seventh lowest time to throw of his career. And critically, they were in shotgun. Uh, on on ninety six percent of their dropbacks, ninety six percent of their plays, excuse me, uh, the highest number of, of Burrow's career. They didn't want him dropping back mm. him under center. Like it's just more steps. It's just more on your foot. Like and and you saw every time he was flushed from the pocket, he the first option he found to throw the football, even if it was like a throwaway throw at somebody's feet, he would do so. He was just hucking up 50-50 balls to T Higgins early in the down. Like he was just not comfortable on his on his feet. Um, I don't think Burrow is 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 hundred percent back from that injury. He does not appear to be so. After the game, he was asked about it. He was like, how did it feel? And he was like, it feels good enough. 
and then that was it. And like, that was a good way to answer it. Like he got to pivot. That's the classic line. Yeah. I don't want to make an excuse, but I'm not going to lie either. Yeah. Yeah, It feels, it feels good enough. And then he did a good job pivoting to like, you know, we had ways to win. Like we should have won. Like there's, there was rain, there was my injury, like whatever. Kind of like lump it into like, oh, there's a lot of things that went wrong today. But I think clearly it's affecting him. He now gets a Baltimore Ravens defense that, uh, with whom he struggled last season. Uh, Before this Browns game, uh, which was the worst game of the last two seasons, 2022 plus now, the previous worst two games uh, 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 last season were two games against the Ravens, the two games that he played in, in the regular season. He was better against them in the wildcard round, but was still below average in terms of success rate. Uh, the the chemistry for the Ravens, the recipe, is an extremely low blitz rate. They don't send extra guys. They send them from depth, though. They'll send a linebacker, send a defensive back, drop a defensive end. Uh, and, and you force Burrow to hold on to the ball for a second, to think for a second. You leave seven in coverage, though, and you try to take away some of those deeper patterns. I was impressed with what I saw Ravens defense in week one. Uh, I thought Justin Matabuki, defensive tackle, is taking a step. I thought Odafe Owe looked like the guy they kind of drafted him to be in the first round off the edge. I think they're going to have a good defensive performance uh, against Burrow, who I don't think is going to suddenly go from being 80, 85% uh, to 100%. And accordingly, I would not be surprised if you get another poor Bengals performance in week two, another poor Burrow performance. And then that puts uh, the potential of, of an 0-2 start for the Bengals. Like we just said, a, a bad place to begin, especially in a tough division. And some questions about like, hey, like, why are we playing Burrow right now if he clearly like can't execute the offense the way that he usually does? Uh, and so for me, headline on, on the Bengals, if they struggle again, uh, two consecutive games of really bad offensive production, I think it's going to start to ask some, okay, why is this happening? What's going on? So you're going against the trend that you mentioned earlier about the team getting blown out in week one, bouncing back in week two in the Bengals instance. So I don't have any bets on Ravens spread itself. Um, I do. But I am feel, on the under. Yeah, I'm, okay. I, I'm the under at under 46 and a half. I think that number is remarkably high. I'm very surprised it opened there and I thought it was going to drop. It hasn't. Um, and so I'm, I'm on the under. I'm thinking about for my long shot of the week, getting a little bit of a, a Ravens exposure. We'll get there when we get there. Um, but I, 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 like, you know, maybe it was mostly the rain. Maybe he's, his calf is like 90, 95%. And I was just kind of, you know, making a narrative that worked in my mind. And so not, not a ton of Ravens exposure. Ravens also like no JK Dobbins, no, no, uh, uh, Marcus Williams, no Ronnie Stanley, no Tyler Linderbaum. Like I'm not willing to get too far on, on Ravens camp at this point. Um, but, uh, it's a, it's a, I think it's a bad burrow spot for sure. Yeah, you're, you're right about, uh, I mean, the Ravens gave him issues last year. Even in that playoff game, I think they didn't have a completion of 20 plus yards uh, in that game. Uh, he's averages 5.9 yards per attempt against those Mike McDonald defenses with the Ravens. I actually do like the Bengals to bounce back here. I wouldn't be shocked. And I actually feel like if they're, if they go 0-2, I'm not going to panic with the Bengals. I'm going to be like, okay, they'll, they, they have shown an ability to problem solve. Coach. Yeah. yeah, over the over the last uh, two years, and I, I just believe in Burrow. Like even if he's not a hundred percent, he'll figure out a way to adjust there. And you, the Ravens might have had the most costly win of other the, of other than the Jets. Sorry, non Jets variety uh, of Week One, where you mentioned it. I mean, look at this injury report going into Friday. Marlon Humphrey did not participate. You know, Linderbaum did not participate. Stanley did not participate. Marcus Williams is out. I mean, those are like four of probably their 10 most important players that they might be without in that game, including two members of the secondary in Humphrey and Williams, your two two uh, veteran guys, two members of your offensive line. Like if you ask coaches and GMs, like other than quarterback, what are the two areas where you don't want your d- depth to be tested? It's generally O-line and secondary. Like it's just, you know, the, the, 
demand is greater than the supply in those two areas. Uh, we'll see if Mark Andrews comes back. He was a limited participant in Thursday's practice, but uh, I, I like the Bengals here to bounce back. I'm with you. I think it could be sort of an ugly, close, tight, weird AFC North game. It wouldn't shock me uh, if they lost, but uh, I kind of trust them in this spot. So we'll see what happens there. Let's take a break. We'll come back. I'll give you my Monday morning one in a second. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. My favorite NFL bets for week two, and we're going to talk about these later on the show. That's the Giants minus four and a half against the Cardinals, the Broncos minus three and a half against the Commanders, and then the Packers plus one and a half against the Falcons. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Ringer NFL, that's Ringer NFL, and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends on 9-18-23. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket. Not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice-cold reward because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodelo.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. All right, we are back on Extra Point Taken. My Monday morning storyline. Salah won't commit to Zach Wilson as starter going forward. Oh, wow. Just the, the, the one-week turnaround? <laughs> Jets are nine-and-a-half-point underdogs going to Dallas. Uh, I think Zach Wilson's going to struggle against what I think is the best defense in the NFL. That's not really uh, going out on a limb there. I think the rest of the team is going to play well. I think defensively, the Jets are going to the Jets defense is going to kind of keep them in this game. We mentioned it: Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson. These guys are very good players. I think Salah gets asked about it in the post game press conference, and he's kind of distraught and he fumbles around a little bit and he doesn't give that vote of confidence. And we find out, you know what? Next week, they I mean, they're already probably making calls, but they kind of are like, we cannot keep doing this. With, with, with looking in that locker room, looking at the other players, we cannot just roll with Zach Wilson. Now, one thing that popped up, Ben, during Thursday Night Football, you know, just so like you're, you're going around the social medias, the internets. I mean, Kirk Cousins, Vikings are 0-2 here. Oh, Kirk Cousins is a free agent at the end of the season. Uh, Kwesi Adolfa Mensa has, has mentioned they're in a competitive rebuild here. You know, I don't think Cousins is going to be back uh, on that team in 2024. So let's do a little exercise. 
Joe Douglas calls Quessy and says, hello, my friend. You know what? I'm not even going to mess around. I'm not even going to disrespect you with a bad offer. Our 2024 first round pick for Kirk Cousins. We, we, need, a, we need a good quarterback in here. Uh, my job's on the line. We're a competitive team. I got to get someone in here quickly. What do you say? Okay. What do you say? And what does Quessy say? Okay. So when the Colts sent Ryan, when the Falcons sent Ryan to the Colts, it was for a third round pick. Matt Ryan was how old? He was 36, 37. Yeah. And then what? Like they had to eat like, it was his 19. All right. So he had 19 base salary when the, when the Colts got him. I can't remember. Like the Falcons had to eat a ton. The Falcons had to eat like 40 or something. Yeah. Like that, listen, right? I'm going to assume yeah. that that stuff can be worked out. I know like yeah. Cousins, the restructure. Okay, so but, Cousins, Cousins yeah. is 35. He would be a 10 million hit to the Jets. Uh, they would have to eat dead cap of, yeah, like over 40. A first? I'm doing a heartbeat if I'm Questy. And a heartbeat if I'm Heartbeat. Questy. Okay, see, I didn't know That's, which way I was going to have to go I'm, here. Like, uh, I didn't uh, know if I was going to have to increase it or maybe decrease it. All right, then let's think, do this. I think the Ryan, if the Ryan deal operates as a decent proxy and it went from the Colts third to the Jets 24 first, yeah, man, absolutely. Okay, but I mean, you have desperate teams. Remember the old Sam Bradford trade back in the day? Yeah. Team gets desperate. That's when you feast. All right, so you'll do it for first. All right, so I'm Joe Douglas. I call Quessy and I say, well, see, they don't have their second round pick. Let's say he gives him the equivalent of what would be a second round pick, uh, but they obviously don't have their second, but it's conditional. And so if, if Kirk Cousins starts at least 10 games and the Jets make the playoffs, then it moves up to a first. What are you saying to that? Question? No, we ain't, we ain't doing conditions in season, no. Big Joe. Not nope. no so conditions in season. So a two is season. too low. You need a one. You're saying you need a one. I mean, now that I know one was on the table two minutes ago. <laughs> well, you don't. You're quest- this I'm is the not, exercise. I'm not, no, 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 no. You can't reset a hypothetical right. on me. Um, I mean, I think you're right. Like desperate teams. And I certainly, I would say, you don't, I don't want to play the conditions game in season. I've got you painted into a corner here. Every week that you don't make this trade, you're watching Zach Wilson throw footballs. Send me the one. And no, no, a little strings attached that I can yank it back. But you did that with Rodgers, right? And, and, and that worked for you. That's why you still have that first round pick. Give me here. It's mine now. Let's go. Um, yeah, I love this. I didn't think about this at all. I didn't see this last night. But absolutely. Kirk to the Jets. I, Kirk, listen, Kirk's not good. Obviously, we all know that like Kirk's production. I, mean, he's not, I wouldn't say not good. I think that's yeah. unfair. No, that is unfair. Kirk is not like an elevator. Kirk Correct. is not like a top 10, like Matthew Stafford, like change a team. Like Kirk's not that. Kirk, I, a Jets team with Kirk at quarterback, I'd be like, yeah, they can make a run in the AFC. I'd buy, it's good enough. It's above the bar. They're a I'd playoff team. Yeah. They're making the I'd playoffs. So if you're Joe Douglas, are you doing that? Are you just committed and you're like, dude, I, I'm doing anything right it, now. It, I would be it, desperate. Right. I would be a it's horrible a GM in this spot. Thing, right? Yeah. It's well, a job also, but it's thing. but I, I think it is but I think it is also like we can't throw this season away we owe it to the guys in the locker room what we want it's also I think it is a culture thing you can't just like yeah. throw away this season like be competitive this season you're probably going to regret it in the spring when the draft rolls around and maybe you just made it to the divisional round but still I would say uh I think I yeah. would do it honestly it's, it might be stupid yeah. but if you're asking me would I do it I think I would do it yeah, no, that was my thing when we spoke about the injury on Extra Point Taken after Monday Night Football. Even if Zach Wilson's giving you C-plus play, just make up a grade, the guys in the locker room don't have a good relationship with Zach. 
And so even if you're getting that from him, even if you're staying around 500, like every time there's a bad play, like Zach's not going to have social capital. He's not going to have trust and, and, and support to spend. It's just going to be a polarizing and, and, and locker room dividing situation. So absolutely. Like I think a move is necessary, period. And if Kirk is available, that's as good of a, a move as you're going to get in season, man. I'm, I'm fully on the Kirk Cousins of the Jets train. Just Me the too. disgusting thing I never thought I would say. Let's make the it horrible, happen. horrible I'm sentence. I'm there though. I'm all. The I want it to happen. So we need. I feel like maybe we need one more Vikings loss. Maybe they're they're like not yet. But if they go zero and three, I mean, come on, you got to start looking towards the future there. So something to keep an eye on. Let's let, let's uh make that happen. All right, we're getting to the betting portion of the show now. For those who listened last week. You know that we said, hey, can someone come up with a spreadsheet? Because we've got this competition going on all season long where Solak and I are doing these three, uh, four categories. We're doing uh, prop of the week. We're doing long shot of the week. Uh, and we're doing, wait, do we have locks three categories? Of, lock, locks of and the locks week. And locks of the, the week. I'm terrible the, the at this. The most important one. I'm, the committed to, one. I'm committed to confusing our audience on this. All right. Props of the week, long shot of the week, and locks of the week, which consists of three picks. The point system is very simple. Locks of the week and prop of the week, you get one point for getting one of those right. Long shot of the week has to be plus 150 or higher. You get three points for getting that right. So you have a total of seven points you can earn every week. We're going to track this. We're going to come up with some, uh, some bet. Actually, yeah, make some suggestions uh, for, for what we should have on the line here during this competi- competition. Let's put that out to the yeah. expats. What should we have to do, uh, the loser of this thing? But last week I asked, hey, can someone keep track of this? You know, I, I like handing off work, I'll be honest. Uh, so can come up, someone come up with a nice spreadsheet, keep track of this. We'll share it with the audience, and that way we'll keep track all season long. Listen, expats. You answered the bell. Our inboxes were just filling up with volunteers. So thank you sincerely yes. to everyone who volunteered and said, hey, I'll do it. I listened to the show and, and you're giving us, you're showing us your work. You're trying to impress us by going above and beyond. I loved it. I thought it was a great showing by you guys. Luckily, Solak is the one who volunteered to pick the winner. So if you didn't get it and you're mad, be mad at Solak. Well, Don't be firstly, mad at me. Everybody, yeah. I, we're recording on Friday. I'm emailing everybody on Friday, telling them you have to listen to the show in order to know if you won. This oh, is, my God. Shield, Shield taught me this now. This is a Shield Kapadia <laughs> special. Make sure you listen. Uh, I no, thought you but, were going to say you're just going to email them to say thank you for volunteering. I'm, uh, I'm, the main reason why I'm emailing them is to say thank you. We had over 30 people reach out, which is extremely wow. cool. Um, so many good uh, spreadsheets. The podium... Uh, very quickly, Mike Rockall, who is a Irish listener, had a beautiful one. Uh, Ke- uh, Fraser Kelly or Kelly Fraser? I don't know if I think it's Fraser Kelly. He's from Scotland, and I feel like Ke- Fraser could be a first name in Scotland, right? Anyway, wonderful Scottish listener. He made a beautiful one. Jonathan Byrne, who's been a longtime listener, a great one. And then Jordan uh, Petrie, who's a retired math or a math teacher, current math teacher from Canada. He was my runner-up. Absolutely gorgeous from Canada. I loved it, but uh. uh Sheil, you were right when you sent over to me the spreadsheet made by Luke Lahan, who mm. I emailed Luke to ask for his pre- the, the pronunciation of his name, and he just like respelled his name. So downgraded <laughs> points for pronunciation. You gotta like put uh, you gotta put accents on syllables and stuff. I'm still making this up. I might be wrong. But anyway, Luke Lahan, uh, I sent it over, and and, and uh, Sheil highlighted it as his favorite one. Beautiful spreadsheet. I will say, uh, uh, got the logo in there on the opening uh, page. Got the rules written down, so that way Shield can read off the rules and not be confused. 
Mm-hmm. Got a nice raw results page. Got a running results page. Um, we had a couple other listeners. We had one uh, listener do a, a grouch percentage. They were going to track the number of unders that we did and how poorly we <laughs> did on those. I thought that was funny. Um, but anyway, so Luke, uh, an absolute winner. If anybody else wants to keep updating their spreadsheets, I love these. They're all beautiful. Um, but last week, Sheil, you took the win. You had five points on the day. I had three points on the day. You got those five points because you won your long shot of the week. Rams money line. Congratulations to you on that one. Thank you. Uh, we were both two and three on our locks. Uh, I missed on the Broncos. Two covering. and one. Yeah, we both two, got two, two and, and one. Three. Excuse me. Yes, two and one. Uh, I missed on the Broncos covering. You missed on the Steelers covering, and then uh, you missed your prop under for passing us for Kirk Cousins, but me, baby, over on Calvin Ridley receiving yards. We got there in the first half. We love a first half mm-hmm. cash. Uh, and so five points for Shield, three points for me. We are both up on the year so far. Now, four and two for us combined. Picks against the spread. That's pretty good. What, what percentage do you think we can get as a combo? Because we are going against each other, but let's add a little team aspect yeah. to it. Like, you know, what, what do you think we can get? What's a, pro- a professional gambler gets, what, 54? So Five, 50, 54, if you, 57? If you, clear, if you clear 55%, you're profitable. Um, okay. If we are exclusively talking sides, uh, you know, because that's all we're doing. We're not doing totals or anything. You're yeah. at 56, 57%. You're doing well. 58%, you start bragging about it online, right? Okay. Um, I, for me, like sides-wise, if I'm clearing 55%, I'm happy. I do a lot more of my damage in terms of, of, of props and, and, and player-specific betting. Um, but I think like... You are pretty consistently over 55% with your against the spread pick. So, so long as I don't anchor us down too much, I think like 56, 57 is, is, is actionable. All right. Let's try to get 57% of our combined picks against the spread correct. Make some good money for the people. Now, if we're on opposite sides, I don't know how that works. I guess we're going to take one win and one loss, or maybe we'll exclude those. Yeah. We'll, we'll exclude those if we're on opposite sides. We'll do uh, all the other ones. So sorry, Luke. Now you got to do some extra work and track that. But oh, this is a beautiful spreadsheet. I can't wait to share this uh, with our audience. This is fantastic. All right. So let's get to our picks for week two in the NFL. Uh, so like you mentioned it, you nailed your prop last week. What do you have as your prop of the week? By the way, this has to be minus one. 30 or better. So you can't go with, you know, something with terrible odds. That's not helping anyone. What do you got? Yeah, I like the under on Anthony Richardson's passing yards. Uh, under 191.5 this week against the Houston Texans. I was on the Anthony Richardson under for passing yards uh, personally in the game last week. He went over. Uh, 42-yard catch and run on a screen from Michael Pittman really didn't help me. Garbage time, drive down the field, dink and dunk really didn't help me. Um, and Rich- but Richardson, he looked quite functional. He, I was very impressed with Richardson's debut. I wrote I about agree. it for the ringer. Um, that Jaguars defense, uh, uh, I thought, was really worried about him throwing the ball deep. They played a lot of, of blanket coverage, intermediate and deep, and let him check down. And he was willing to take that. And he took it in rhythm and comfortably so. This Texans defense a little more aggressive. They're going to get after you a little bit more. Uh, I thought D'Amico Ryan's debut with, with the Texans was one of the more encouraging things in terms of just like overall feeling, expectation, like win, loss, whatever, like data. This defense very clearly has bought into his approach. They're playing fast. They're playing physical. They're blitzing. Thought the, the pass rushing duo of John Grenard and rookie top five pick Will Anderson, who looked lights out. I mean, just exactly what you bought um, was really impressive. Texans were 14th uh, in week one in terms of team pressure rate. Uh, so above average over the league. I think they're going to be able to pressure Richardson. And then I think, okay, the Jags kind of thought he's going to just launch the ball deep a bunch. He, he threw it underneath. The Texans are going to play stickier and they're going to play more aggressive underneath. They're going to be able to play better in zones. That's D'Amico Ryan's personality. That's their coverage personality. And they have a guy in Derek Stingley who's going to be able to uh, match up with, with Michael Pittman really effectively. And the Colts really don't have a ton in terms of, of pass catchers outside of Pittman. I thought rookie Josh Downs looked good, but like, you know, you're, you're, you're still getting off the ground. Um, 
I also think this is going to remain a close game. And so it's not like, like Richardson's going to be throwing the ball a lot, trying to get them back into it. I think under 191 and a half uh, for Richardson. It's just, it's not an, a passing offense that has enough talent to necessitate a number getting into the 200s. And I think Richardson's, uh, that team is going to remain run heavy over the course of the season. I like the under. I like that one. That's a good one. I agree. I, w- I was also encouraged by, I, I was, you know, frankly surprised that he looked uh, as in control yeah. and kind of just not that, not because I don't like him just because again, we've said it over and over 21 years old, 13 college starts to come into the NFL and kind of look the part right there in week one. That was impressive, but I'm with you. The Texans defense, I think is, uh, is definitely better than the Jaguars defense game script there. I think is going to work uh, in your favor. So that's a good one. I'm also taking an under. This is pre- this might be a sucker bet. Uh, I don't grouchy know. Grouchy pod, grouchy pod. But Zach Wilson under, and it's a yeah. low number, 174.5 passing yards. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, he was under that number five times in nine starts last season. Now he has Nathaniel Hackett as his offensive coordinator, and he's going against what I think is the best defense in the NFL in the Cowboys. So listen, there's a chance that Brees Hall breaks the screen or Garrett Wilson does something wild or that he throws up a Hail Mary or that there's garbage time here and he's racking up stats. That's all in play. I could see myself losing that one there. But if you're just talking about uh, if you think this Jets defense can keep them in the game, then I think that takes some of those things uh, out of play. So I think Zach Wilson is going to struggle in this game. Again, I'm not going out on a limb there. And I like him under 174.5. All right. Long shot of the week. This is like the money ball. For our competition, you get three points for getting this bad boy. Uh, I picked the Rams money line last week. Uh, this has to be plus 150 or better. Uh, Benny Souls, what did you have last week for this? You had I had Geno Smith to throw for 275 yes. passing yards, and he threw for about 104. So <laughs> we were close. We almost had it. Uh, this week, I'm big on the Giants. I love this spot for the Giants. Uh, uh, just an absolute slot ball game <laughs> against the Cowboys. <laughs> You have a blocked field goal return for a touchdown. And you come back and you throw an interception in the red zone and, and the, or in your own red zone. And the Cowboys, the snowball just goes. You can't throw your way back into this game. It's not how the Giants are built. Uh, the weather is terrible. Like, so they lose by 40, but they really like, again, like the thing snowballed. It, the, the, the Cowboys had a pressure rate of over 60%. That is not happening. The Cardinals do not have the horses for that. Uh, uh, even with a, uh, with a defensive coordinator, a defensive philosophy, John Gannon and Nick Rallis, where they're just not even going to like, blitz that much anyway um i think that the giants are in such a nice good clear ba- bounce back spot i have them in my locks of the week but for the long shot of the week uh daniel jones to score a touchdown is plus 185 uh books is that passing or rushing or is that just that's, rushing that's just rushing so okay. uh, a score a touchdown is the player holding the ball in the end zone celebrating gotcha um, which by the way Cowboys defense to score a touchdown this week against Zach Wilson is like plus 380, which is like the lowest I've ever seen a defense <laughs> or a special teams price like in my life. But anyway, um, Daniel Jones is a, is a rushing quarterback. Daniel Jones, one of the most run heavy quarterbacks uh, in terms of, of, of how often he scrambles, how often he carries the football uh, that we have in the league. And typically we see those guys, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields get priced more around like 110. Uh, this is plus 185. Now, Daniel Jones does have a lower red zone rush rate than those guys. But he still is going to scramble and he's going to be used in the design running game as well. Uh, would not be surprised if we get multiple Daniel Jones rushes while inside the 20. I think they're going to be able to score a lot of points because I don't think this Cardinals offense is going to be able to move the ball in the defense. They're going to have a lot of possessions. Daniel Jones scored a touchdown plus 185. Uh, just another way to get some Giants exposure. I like it. That's a, that's a good one. I like the Giants in that spot quite a bit 
as well. All right, my long shot of the week. I dipped it. You know, you had the last week I was thinking, all right, I just have to pick a, a team like upset. And then you, you know, opened my eyes to no, no, you can do yeah. some stuff with player props for this. So I'm going Josh Allen rushes for 50 plus yards uh, oh, plus 158. Love that. Now, now explain this to me uh, per for FanDuel 50 plus. If he gets 50, do I win or no? Or does it have to be more yes. than 50? If he okay. gets 50, you win. It's over okay. 49 and a half. Gotcha. Okay. So uh, I don't believe in this Raiders defense. You know, you look at it last week and say, what are you talking about, Shield? The Broncos only scored 16 points. The Broncos had six possessions in that entire game. That's like the lowest of any team, tied for the lowest of any team in like the last 20 years. If you actually look at it on a per snap basis, a per drive basis, the Broncos offense was pretty efficient uh, in that game. So Bills are coming off a disastrous Monday night football loss to the Jets where they give the game away. We talked about that on the Monday show. Uh, I think Allen is going to come back in this game and have a fantastic game. Uh, I think they're going to go up and down the field against this Raiders defense. And I think Josh Allen is going to pick up a lot of yards uh, with his legs, probably more scrambles than designed runs, but they'll mix in some of that as well. So 50 plus yards, Josh Allen rushing against the Raiders plus 158. All right. Love that. Next up uh, is our nonsense prediction. So we, we take a little break from the from the uh, locks of the week. We'll finish the show with the locks of the week. But nonsense prediction is just give me anything. You could predict anything you want for something that's going to happen this weekend in week two. What do you got? Kadarius Tony has 100 yards and two scores. Ooh, I like yeah. it. Uh, why? Like, just absolutely. <laughs> so firstly, like, he's not even getting snaps against the Lions, and they get into the low red zone. What's the first thing they do? A little shovel option play to Kadarius Tony. Andy Reid just, like, loves the idea of this guy with his movement skills in the red zone. Like, and since they've acquired him, since he's been healthy, they're just constantly trying to give him looks in scoring opportunities. He had a absolutely abysmal game last week against the Lions. Like, one of the worst games in terms of individual expected points added that a wide receiver has ever had. Just... Scoring points for Detroit drops everywhere. It's a mess. But it's not like, you know, uh, we've got, you know, Travis Kelsey and we've got Terry Kill and we have like all these other receivers that we trust and we were trying to get Kendarius Tony going, but that didn't work so well. So we're going to chill out. But it's not like they really have like, like they have, they're hoping to get Kelsey back for this game. They're, uh, I don't know if we've gotten a clear answer on whether or not that's happening yet. I know he's been practicing. Seeing no, he's go. been limited. Yeah. I don't think yeah. they've said one way or the other as of this recording. And so if we're in a spot where there's no Kelsey, uh, they're playing against Jacksonville in Jacksonville. I think that's going to be a, a roughly neutral game, which means a high pass script game for the Chiefs. They're trying to score some points. You have to try to get Tony activated. They're going to attempt to do that. Like this. This is a guy they invested legitimate picks in, and they've also seen it from him, right? Like, they haven't seen it from Sky Moore. They've seen it from Tony. Like in the Super Bowl, they've had they've had moments they've had players that are like, all right, this guy's the guy. Uh, and so why not? When like everybody's the lowest they've ever been on Kadarius Tony, he's gonna get a huge catch and run. He's gonna get a, a handoff reverse that goes for 30 yards and a score. It's gonna be the Kadarius Tony redemption game. I also am rooting for this because fantasy owners, like like all of fantasy Twitter, she's like obsessed with Kadarius Tony and has no idea how to calibrate to him. So every time they're up on him, he's really bad. Every time they're down on him, they're, he's really up. And I love that. Uh, so so I think the fantasy owners to you are like the hipsters to me. Is that you You want them to feel some pain, it sounds like. I. It's not that I want but them But you feel are some a pain. fantasy owner, correct? Or do you not do fantasy, uh, you just gamble? I, I, I play fantasy because okay. I get told to. And it's, gotcha. it's really hard to do this job and then to have like people be like, you should join the fantasy league and be like, no, I don't want to. Because then it implies like I just don't want to do it with you. Because obviously oh, I'm into football. I have no issue saying no. I I I, <laughs> I do do I, two leagues, but yeah. Yeah. 
So I, I've, I've got like I, I have a couple leagues that I have to like actually move the roster around. I have a lot of best ball leagues, which are nice because you don't you just draft. Yeah, I need to get those. Yeah, that's what I want. The, the draft is yes. fun. I want to draft right. and then not worry about it. Call me in December. Here's here's what tickles me about the fantasy community because I interface with the fantasy community a lot in the summer because I just do a lot of like season long fantasy best ball and it, it's a gambling perspective. There are players and roles and worlds that like I as somebody who I think like covers the NFL pretty comprehensively just completely and totally Black. have no interest in that the fantasy community is always like stunned by. And we won it with Sky Moore. Like Sky Moore got no run. And the entire fantasy community was like, this is unbelievable. And I was like, I forgot Sky Moore was on the Chiefs. Like, why did anybody think Sky Moore was gonna do anything for this team? Like, it's very clear they're out on him. Like, I don't, the, 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 uh, it's just the different perspective makes some things, some mountains into molehills, some molehills into mountains. That always makes me laugh. I always find that very funny. Um, like I saw the fantasy community Last night for the Eagles game, just be like, okay, DeAndre Swift clearly uh, has the job locked down. And I was like, absolutely no, he does not. He was not the starter in week one. <laughs> like that was, that was, that was five days ago. Like it's, it's, it's stuff like that where like, the perspectives are so different that makes me laugh. Um, anyway, Kadarius Tony's going off. All right. I think we need to add a uh, segment to this show. Solak attacks the fantasy community because I was very entertained by that. I, you were you were riled <laughs> up. Uh, I enjoyed that, so maybe we'll install that in future weeks. I like that one. It fits with Kadarius Tony's career. It's like, all right, when everyone thinks he sucks, he does something awesome. When right. everyone thinks he's awesome, he sucks. He's not on the field. He's on the field, whatever. So yeah, I could see him bouncing back here. All right, my nonsense prediction: Arthur Smith bristles at a post-game question about whether he <laughs> thought or is thinking about giving this is Taylor also Heineke the fantasy community. This is this is also them <laughs> about giving Taylor Heineke a shot at Oh, never mind. quarterback. Yeah, no, this isn't this isn't a Pitts Drake London thing uh, which everybody My bad, my bad, my bad. I jumped this the is gun. He, he gets some question about did you think about, you know, maybe going to Taylor Heineke there or, you know, are you thinking about going to he giving Heineke a shot or taking a look is Desmond Ritter your starter and he kind of is like, you know, Barks at the reporter uh, a little bit. Falcons last week had 29 passing yards through the first three quarters of that game uh, against the Panthers. Now, that was enough in that game. You know what? It might be enough in this game against the Packers. If the Falcons win this game, I think they're going to run for like 250 yards and just kind of gash that Packers defense. Uh, and the Packers have some injuries on offense, but it might not be enough. You know, we talked about it on Monday that Matt LaFleur schemed up some great stuff for Jordan Love last week. If he's able to do that again, you're talking about a closer game. You might be talking about a game where they have to give Desmond Ritter the football, which it did not look like Arthur Smith wanted to do or was comfortable doing there in week one. So uh, I might be a little early on this one. What do you people say? Never wrong, just early. Isn't that a thing? Never the wrong, just early, people, buddy. Never wrong, yes, just sir. early. So this might be that for me. Like this could happen in uh, week six, but uh, I'm going to go with it happening here in week yeah, oh. I, I, I 100% thought, yeah, you were going the gets mad at, at a reporter for asking why Drake <laughs> London didn't get involved. Classic. That's too group. easy. Yeah, that's Listen, too easy. He's just an angry man. He's just an angry, <laughs> surly dude who doesn't want to be doing press conferences. Everybody reads so much into everything this guy says, but all he wants to do is coach football, not talk to anybody. It's like if your grandpa was up there, then like, why didn't you throw to Drake London? Because we didn't. Like, that's just it. That's all it is. <laughs> All right, I think that was a, I think that might have been a shot at me. I'm not sure. Old Surly no. just wants to podcast about football and not talk to anybody. Eh, might might fit my description. All right, let's take one more break. We will come back and we will do our locks of the week. Mm -hmm. 
This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we are back on Extra Point Taken. We've got our locks of the week. We both went two and one in week one. I, I'll admit I'm not feeling as confident in these. I felt good in week one. I don't feel great about these, but you know what? You have to pick three. I said before, I'm a volume shooter. I like to pick all the games and try to get over 500 there. I can't pick which ones I like more. It's like picking a restaurant. It's impossible to me. I just want someone else to do it for me. So if this goes badly for me, Ben, in like that in like week eight, I'm just going to send you my picks column and be like, uh, or else I have my daughters close your eyes, point to point to the paper. Right. Okay, I'm picking these. So there you go. All right, who do you have for your first lock of the week? Uh, th- these are just picks against the spread. Yeah, so you brought up the Falcons. I was on Packers plus one and a half against the Bears. I'm on Packers plus one and a half against the Falcons. I think this Packers team is good. Go Cheeseheads, extra point taken team of the year, baby. Go Pack Go. Uh, the Falcons, I like. I, I liked them preseason. I still generally do like them. Took three turnovers to beat the Panthers. Uh, it's pretty clear that that the passing offense is, is not near developed, right? It's not something they can rely on just yet. I almost took the Ritter passing under instead of the uh, the Anthony Richardson passing under. I didn't um, see that. Are there not unders available for every game and every quarterback? Or was I, am I just dumb and couldn't find them? So we record on Friday mornings. Most of the time, most things are up. There can be circumstances in which, uh, because of injuries and, and uncertainty, they, the markets aren't posted by FanDuel yet. Um, the Ritter under at other books is posted around like 180. Uh, which is okay. an underspot, in my opinion. Um, regardless, uh, Packers plus one and a half. I acknowledge the concerns about getting run all over by this this Falcons uh, offense, but I really do think like this Packers passing attack, even with the Christian Watson uh, concerns, the injury there, uh, I think they're going to be able to put the Falcons in a bad game script. And I don't think the Falcons claw the way out of that. So I like Packers plus one and a half. Uh, yeah, Christian Watson, they could be without Aaron Jones. They could be without Quay Walker, I think was in the concussion protocol as we talked here. So I think this line was actually, when I wrote my column, the Packers were favored by mm-hmm. one and a half. And now as we do this podcast, they are underdogs by one and a half. So uh, I do like the Packers side there, although that's not one of my picks. I've got the Denver Broncos minus three and a half at home against the Washington Commanders. Uh, nice. Again, Denver had six possessions last week. If you look at what they did there, they were fourth in EPA per drive, sixth in success rate. They weren't perfect. They really have no explosive element <laughs> to their offense where it's really like, shoot, that Russell Wilson throwing those moon balls. I don't know if that really exists here uh, with this team, but I think they can string together drives. They had 22 first downs on six possessions, which is pretty good. Now, their defense was not good in week one uh, against the Raiders and Jimmy G. I don't think this commander's offense is going to be as good as that Raiders offense can be when it's fully healthy. I was not impressed with Washington in week one. No. They were, they were what down 16, 10 in the fourth quarter at home uh, against the Arizona Cardinals. So uh, I like the Broncos big here at home, get their first win, cover that three and a half. I am also Broncos minus three and a half is also one of mine. 
Uh, and so oh. we, have first, we have our first double up. All right. So Luke has, to, Luke has to track this on the spreadsheet. When we have the same side, yeah. is that good? Or is that like stay the heck away from right. that pick? So it's, I need to see that on obvious. the spreadsheet. But yeah, yeah, like it was it Broncos at home is, is, is a good look. And then last week they failed to cover. They were the one that I missed. That Raiders game, like you said, was just a, a game where if they're able to get off the field, generate one short field, generate one quick drive where they can start to uh, enact some tempo, they're going to be fine. But the Raiders are built to kind of run, run, short pass, long incremental drive on you. And that's how these Broncos are built under Sean Payton. And they kind of just slobber knockered it back and forth and the Raiders end up victorious, right? Yeah. You think that they're going to be a little bit more successful doing that against the commanders just because offensively, the commanders are going to be a lot easier to knock off their stuff. I am worried about that commander's defensive line against this Broncos offensive yes. line. Not enough, though. Uh, it's taking me off the three and a half. So that's also one of mine. Uh, you want my last one? Yeah, go ahead. I brought it up earlier. Uh, Giants minus four and a half. Um, I love, love, love this Giants spot. The Giants were due from regression from last season, but are still a team that like has some teeth to them. They're still like, like in the same way the Vikings are, right? Like due for regression, but the talent is still the talent. Like, this is still like a team that's functional, a team that can win on any given Sunday, a team that can spoil and whatever. The Cardinals are not a team with talent, right? And, and they, you know, week one, they come out against the commanders. Nobody believes in us. And they, they're plucky for a little bit. But you just you watch the film and they're just there. There are mistakes along the offensive line. There's procedural penalties. There's there's uh, uh, play calls that don't get in correctly. Like they are a bad operation because Josh Dobbs is, is new to the team. That's not going away in one week. And then they really, really lack talent on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and that's where I think this Giants team just like, again, like is Sterling, not Sterling Shepard. He's nice on the bench now, but like uh, Paris Campbell, Darius Slayton, Darren Waller, Isaiah Hodgins. Is this the best pass catching core you've ever seen? No. Still good. Like, this is like a solid group. Good? I don't know if I would say good. I could name at least 15 that are better. Yes. Okay. It's fine. You were picky (laughs) on the adjectives today. I mean, I'm just saying. I I would definitely would not describe them as good, but go ahead. It's fine. (laughs) Offensive line, like Evan Neal is an issue. Brent Bredesen, I think, is is, is a guy that you can pick on. But overall, is it it okay? Yes, it's okay. Like, they are, I think, a a tier or two of talent above this Cardinals team. And they're going to be looking for a get right spot, right? This is going to be like, okay, mouthwash opportunity. Let's go and beat the daylights out of these Arizona Cardinals and feel like we've got something again after that embarrassing game against the Cowboys. Giants minus four and a half, even on the road. I'm, I'm a big fan of that this week. Yeah, this is a classic week two. Don't put too much stock into week one. Remember what you thought going yeah. into the season uh, type game here. I, I like the Giants uh, side there too. So again, this is the second week in a row. All of your picks are the sides that I liked uh, in my column. So I don't know if that's good for you or bad for you, but that will be something else that's interesting to track here uh, throughout the season. Uh, Andrew Thomas, I know uh, I'm looking at, was injured. I'm looking at Jordan Renan from ESPN covers the Giants. Uh, his Twitter, it sounds like Andrew Thomas, the left tackle, is going to practice and has a chance to uh, play in that game. And Darren Waller, same thing. Brian Dayball said everyone is going to practice on Friday. So uh, they're healthier there. That line did move. It was minus six Giants. When I wrote my column on Wednesday night, now on Friday morning, it's down to minus four and a half. All right. My last two here, Benjamin. I'm taking two dogs. Uh, I'm taking two home dogs. Hopefully one of them hits. I've got the Titans plus three uh, against the Chargers. Again, the Titans? They covered last week, my friend. They did not deserve to. (laughs) Deserve. There's no room for the word deserve in sports betting. We both know this, okay? When I got that Jets cover on uh, on Monday Night Football, you know, sometimes you you win those, sometimes you lose those. And actually, I wouldn't fully uh, agree with that. I don't think that the, like, I thought they were absolutely in that game. They were shooting themselves in the foot all over the place. They easily could have won that game uh, against the Saints. So listen, I pretty much always take Vrabel 
as an underdog. I like him in that role. He keeps his oh. team in games that they should have no business being in. Uh, I think the Chargers are like going to be feeling some pressure in this game. Maybe they respond. If they could blow out the Titans. That would not surprise me. But that Titans front, that Titans defense, they are ferocious. They are violent. Uh, you know, I know that Chargers offensive line is good, but man, they can make life hard, I feel like, for a lot of uh, offenses there. So uh, I've got the Titans plus three in that game, you look like you don't like that side. You think the Chargers I, bounce back in a big way and win this game? I had four teams that I was picking from, and the fourth side was Chargers minus three. Okay, I kept, there you go. I kept on the heater because the Titans are the Titans, and they can be really, they can go heavy, and they can run the ball, and and, and the Chargers defense is going to struggle with that and keep it close, keep it messy. I really do believe in this Chargers offense. I believe in the Chargers talent. I think they're going to be better. Um, I, I, we, we very much disagree on that side, but not, not officially, not for the record book, you know. <laughs> Uh, a lot of people liked our Chargers segment, Ben, on uh, Monday. You know, us going at it, yelling. When we when we organically yell at each other and insult each other, that's good for the pod. You know, I wouldn't do that to just just any podcast co-host. So I thought we did a nice job there, not to pat ourselves on the back. Uh, I, I, I I listened back. I listened back to it, and I'm enjoying it. I'm laughing, and then I heard myself go. So what is the point? And I was like, okay, that's where I got too angry. I need to, need to not get to that point again. Let's see. I can't listen back. I don't want to hear my voice. I don't want to hear my voice on a voice recorder, on a podcast, I, or whatever. I don't usually listen back. I'll listen back for something like that. I wanted that to segment. make. I wanted to make sure I had nothing to apologize to you for. <laughs> no, it's not. Listen, anything goes. This, this is like this is like AJ Brown on the sideline. Anything goes in the heat of the battle. You Let's know? go. Compete. Make up for it afterwards. All right. My last one. I actually don't think you're gonna like my last one either. I've got another home dog. Jaguars plus three and a Ooh. half against the Chiefs. Do I feel good about going against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid coming off a loss? Of course not. Am I going to regret this on Sunday afternoon when I'm watching and the Chiefs are up by 14 points? Of course, but that's part of the exercise. You need to feel some pain to be able to feel uh, the good stuff here. So I just feel like everybody's going to be on the Chiefs in this game. They're going to be like, the Chiefs are not going 0-2. They get Chris Jones back in the mix. Maybe they get Travis Kelsey back. They're going to go down to Jacksonville and they're going to crush the Jaguars. I like this Jaguars offense quite a bit. I don't like their defense, but I think they're going to give up points in this game, but I do think they're going to be able to string together drives and put up points against that Kansas City uh, defense. So uh, anytime I can kind of fade the way I think the public is going, and it's a side that I actually like, I'm going to do that. I thought Trevor Lawrence was great last week for my oh. Monday morning headline. I thought about you know something like you know Trevor Lawrence has arrived or something. I mean, if they win this game... And they yes. beat the Chiefs. That's going to be the story uh, after week two. And I really think they have a shot to do that. So I've got Jaguars plus three and a half against the Chiefs. Titans plus three against the Chargers. Broncos minus three and a half uh, against the Commanders. Run, run down your yeah. three once more. Broncos minus three and a half at home against the Commanders. Giants minus four and a half on the road against the Cardinals. Packers plus one and a half uh, on the road against the Falcons. The... Jaguars, if, uh, if the Jaguars win that game, it's coronation time, dude. I mean, like, obviously, Trevor has to play well. But if, if yeah, if, if, if Jacksonville beats the Chiefs and Trevor plays well, we are going, we're going to have a, a week for some takes, man. Because I tell you, <laughs> Trevor, the first film I turned on when the film dropped on Monday was Trevor against the Colts. That young man was slinging the rock. He is yeah. feeling it uh, uh, in, in week one with Calvin Ridley there. I'm, I'm very, very interested in that, in that passing offense uh, long term. I forget who said this. I wish I could give credit, but I totally agree. Trevor Lawrence rolling to his left and firing a ball downfield is like one of the most beautiful sights in football right now. Yeah. That's like his staple, I feel like, where he, you're like, oh my God, how did he do that? That was uh, amazing. He had one of those at least last week against the Colts. 
All right, let's sort out some how I was going to ask you this after the pod, but let's let the listeners in a little bit, Ben, because I forgot we have two Monday night football games this week. Yeah. And we and we recorded and concurrent and they're concurrent, which I don't like. Why don't you stagger Obnoxious. those bad boys? Yeah, stagger those bad boys. NFL, what are you doing to us? Uh, so I was thinking, you know, we do extra point taken on Monday night. We generally start with the take on Monday night football. We probably have to start with the take two takes on Monday night football. So I'm going to give you the pick. What do you want? Do you want Saints at Panthers for your post-game extra point take and take? Or do you want Browns at Steelers? What do you got? He's covering, he's, he's holding his nose. Why would you give us two Monday Night Football games and not like definitely give us at least one good quarterback? Like there's a chance we get one good quarterback, but it's not locked in. I would like Steelers Browns because okay. I would like to, uh, you know, Owen to Steelers. Make fun of me. Yeah. Owen to Steelers. I'd like to be able to pilot that 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 conversation if we get there. Uh, so I'll, and also, you know, that game starts a little bit later, and I know it's it's tough for you start to keep paying attention after nine. So I start starting to get a little tired. So I'll pick it up for you there. I mean, I would yell at you, but you're not lying there, so I do appreciate <laughs> that. I'll, I'll I'll take I'll take the early start. Uh, I feel like I'm a winner in that game either way. If the Steelers win, all right, she'll like the Steelers coming in. They bounce back. If the Browns win, I can say, hey, I told you the Browns defense was going to be incredible. I just the biggest losing scenario for me would be if the Browns win in a shootout. Like their defense stinks and they still win, then I'm the biggest loser. So everyone remember that as you watch that game. All right, I'll take a little Saints Panthers. I took the Saints minus three, and I'm having some regrets uh, about that. But I just look at who Bryce, two, Panthers are down two starting guards. I'm watching Adam Thielen run routes out there. So um, I had the Saints in that game. So I'll that, that's what we'll lead with. Ben will give a Brown Steelers take on Monday night. I'll give a Saints Panthers take on Monday night. And then we will get to the rest of our takes from week two. All right. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to everyone who sent in a spreadsheet. We appreciate that. That, that really was cool. uh, very, very nice of uh, all of you. Congratulations to Luke. I don't even know if I should say congratulations. Like we're giving him work to do. He won a contest that he's probably going to regret mm-hmm. by week seven, but whatever. I will say though, uh, we had a, it was a great gamut of, of good emails, right. Of like, you know, appeal to Ben and shield emails. Luke gave the resume, said he was a day one birds with friends listener. That was Shields' mm. old pod. Didn't mention any of my old pods, which is fine. <laughs> um, but critically, he underlined the names of the podcast as he mentioned them. Good little formatting, right? Mm. All the official titles. I like right? a good oh, format. Exactly. Yeah. Very good for that. Yeah, well done. Uh, and so, yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of good. Everybody who's from somewhere else also like, I'm from Canada. I'm from Sweden. They all know it now. They know the bit. We love the international listeners. So it was, uh, it was cool to see. Yeah, that, that, that was awesome. So thank you to everyone there. All right. Thank you to Cliff Augustine for producing. I mean, Cliff Augustine was up till the wee hours of the night, wakes up, we're having technical difficulties. He comes back. He produces again. He producers. Backbone of the ringer. That's my take after being here for one year. So thank you to Cliff. Thank you to Solak. Additional production supervision by Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal. The next episode will be Nora and Steven recapping week two on Sunday night. Definitely check that out. And then we will be back on after Monday night football. All right, everyone. Enjoy week two. Have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you on Monday night. Oh, and Ben's still recording, baby. Thank you to Eddie. She'll forgot to thank Eddie. I'm a good thank person.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 